Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Wa salatu wa salam ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam If the brothers can move forward from now so we don't have to stop in the middle just Jazakallah khair uh, and the brothers who are in the um, open area over there, inshallah. And uh, Khalid, if you could close that door, that way if there's kids outside. Um. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wassalatu wassalam ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalan yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin Allahumma inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik um, This is our ninth, uh, eighth, eighth class, right? Eighth class of Know Thy Enemy um, And it's our series on understanding or, yeah, understanding the tricks of shaitan uh, understanding how shaitan tries to destroy our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and uh, it's been a, an amazing series because uh, we, we discussed on how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us uh, that shaitan is your enemy, so treat him like your enemy. Um, yo, do we have another mic without no thing? I felt like uh, I felt like it was like uh, like salat or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yo, we don't need the echo, man. Bismillah. Uh, it was making it way more epic than it needed to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's just chilling. We're just talking here. All right, Bismillah. So we've been talking about this is the Know Thy Enemy series. Many of you know we've been going through eight. This is our eighth session where we're talking about different tricks of shaitan. And the idea is that when you become aware, when you become cognizant of these different tricks, then just in your in your day to day affairs, uh, you're woke. You're aware. You understand. Like ah, I can I, I peep game. I understand. This is how shaitan is is trying to get me in this situation. Um, and I was really worried if I was going to share this one. I've been debating it, but you know something happened to me uh, yesterday where I could tell Shaitan was coming hard. Uh, and I wanted to share it with you guys because we talked about it. Last week, we talked about husnadhan with people, having a good assumption about people. Um, and we talked about how uh, Shaitan always tries to get us to form these conclusions about people. And, and we talked about how it's extremely important for you to, to, to not jump to conclusions because you can actually stop a person from reaching their true potential because the way you think of people, sometimes you force them to become that way. And we talked about the self-fulfilling prophecy and how our understanding of people impacts people. Um, and so I, I just want to share something with you guys that's kind of like, whatever, it may be too much information, but you know me in Halakas, it's all good. So like I went to Walmart, like the super center, not the super, the one that has groceries. I went to Walmart like yesterday, right? And... Um, so I had did two things before Walmart. Number one, I, alhamdulillah, was able to go to the gym. And I hit up Isha too. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, right? Did good. So, so I had, I had a, a baseball cap on, but I had a thobe on too. You know what I mean? I'm like mixing it up a little bit. You know what I mean? So I'm walking through the aisle, 
and I see this person. I'm going to be as ambiguous as possible so no one could, whatever. I see this person, um, and he's like straight up Muslimed out, right? I can tell from a mile away this man's Muslim, right? So I see him, and um, I believe I say salam, and he looks like he's from a certain country, so I try to speak that language. And he looks at me all weird. So I switch up the language. Alhamdulillah, by God's bless, blessing, I got a few, you know what I mean? Uh, I know a lot of one-liners to get into the language, and I'm out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you keep going, I'm done. You know what I mean? So I try one language. He's like, I try the other. He's like, he speaks it. And the first thing he says to me is, are you Muslim? And I'm like, brother, brother, I just spoke two Muslim languages. I got a thobe on. I said salam, and you're going to hit me with the, are you Muslim? Makaira, you know how it felt, bro. You know what I'm saying, right? It's like, are you Muslim? And um, I went shopping. I, was, I had a, like, a mad face the whole time I finished shopping. My wife was on the phone telling me what to buy, and she's like, what's wrong? I'm just like, don't worry. It's all good, right? And I got in the car, and like my mind is forming all of these thoughts. And then right at that moment, I remembered last week. I remembered last week, don't come to conclusions, make excuses for people. I was like, I just tried to come up with whatever excuse I could for him asking me that question, right? And, 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 and part of it, part of it, and sometimes when you're dealing with people, listen to this. Sometimes when you can't come up with any excuse, when the Prophet Sallallahu was being, being persecuted by his people, there's a moment in Uhud where he wipes away the blood from his face and he goes, oh Allah, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What am I trying to say? There's a moment where I'm like, he doesn't realize what he just did. Yeah, it's not, it's not the best thing. You shouldn't have asked me if I'm Muslim or not. Like that really hurts me, low key. So if you like anyone in the room, just don't ask. Just assume they're Muslim, bro. Just don't ask. Um, and, uh, and so, and it just took me back. It just, a lot of, it just pulled on a lot of things, right? And we're going to be talking about this today. Um, but I wanted to share that because it was a moment where I was faced with Shaitan trying to tell me all these things. And here's where it went. Like he said this and now all of a sudden he was dressed a certain way. So now all of a sudden that whole country was done on for me. <laughs> that whole country was X'd out. They were canceled in my head. I'm like, see, they all, they always do that. And I'm going to talk about that today, but that's just what Shaitan wanted from me. And alhamdulillah, I got in the car, I started the car, and I was like, wait, hold up. Astaghfirullah. No, uh-uh. Shaitan, I, I, I got you. I see what you're doing. You're not going to mess up the rest of my, my, my day. You're not going to influence me the next time I walk into the masjid and I see someone that looks like they're from that same place. And I'm like, yeah, I know you. No, you're not going to do that. And right there, I had to, before I even moved from my spot, I had to really check and make up excuses for this man to the point where I'm like, yo, he just doesn't know. And maybe he was asking, was I Muslim? Because he was about to drop some hard dawah on me if I wasn't. I don't know. I had to come up with whatever excuse necessary in order for that man to be beloved to me again in my heart. And like I said, the prophet was wiping blood away. And these people were attacking him. But all he could say is, Ya Allah, they don't know. They don't know who I am. They don't know what, what. And sometimes you just got to be like, they don't understand what they just said to me. The auntie walks up to you and she's like, oh, you're not married yet? Oh, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm, that's not even really funny, though, low key. Because there's a lot of people who will be like, yo, someone will come up to me and they think they're joking. But that hurts. Like, she's like she's like, I'm trying. He's like, I'm trying to get married. But this, someone comes up to me and they're just like, oh, not yet. Oh, <laughs> no, it's not funny. It hurts. You know what I mean? Please. So, and sometimes in those situations, you want to keep your heart clean because Shaitan right there, he starts putting all these waswas, all these bad thoughts. And, and, and that's what we talked about last week. So last week, we talked about not assuming bad about people. And that means even when they're doing something that is hard to reinterpret, you got to try your best for the sake of Allah and the sake of the Prophet Wasallam. I'll share something deep with y'all. Ahmed bin Hanbal, he was being whipped. And there's a whole history to what he went through. Ahmed bin Hanbal was being whipped. And his students asked him later. He's like, he's like they were like, how do you feel about the oppressor? Because the, the, the leader at the time. 
And Ahmed bin Humble, he said, no, no, you don't get it. Every time one of them whipped me, by the time they lifted the whip back up, I already forgave them. And he's like, and the students are like, how? He's like, there's one thing. I, I know the prophet loves his ummah, and I don't want to be the cause of anyone he loves being held back from heaven. Like, look how deep he's going to forgive people. He's like, I'm forgiving you for my love of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I know he loves you. And how would I look him in the face and say, yeah, I'm not letting one of your guys go into heaven because of what he did to me. So he's like, no, I forgave. And he was being oppressively whipped for no reason. And, 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 and he was able to forgive. So the reason I'm saying that is all of us will be put through these situations where uh, we just have to say, oh, Allah, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But we need to keep a clean heart and come up with as many excuses as possible. And so in that moment, I was working my hardest, my hardest, my hardest in order to just, just figure out a way to make this uncle, you know, cool. And, and alhamdulillah, today I woke up. I went to sleep last night and my heart was good. Now you may be like, yo, you're expressing a lot of, here, let me tell you something. There's one sahabi. I won't go into the long story because it's going to throw off the whole discussion. But there's one companion and this one companion, um, the Prophet said he's a person of Jannah. I'm paraphrasing this hadith just to get the message. And another Sahabi went to his house to sleep there for three nights in a row. And in those three nights that he went there to sleep, he was like, I was just there to watch him as closely as I could. That was my objective. I just wanted to see everything that he was going to do. And at the end of the three nights, he's like, he didn't do anything special. He got up for tahajjud normal, but his whole life was normal. So at the end of the three days, the one who came to visit and investigate, he's like, I asked him, I was like, hey, truth be told, I only came here to watch you. And he said, what you saw is what you get. That's me. He was leaving. And then he said, wait, wait, come back. There's one thing. There's one thing. He's like, what is it? He's like, you probably, you couldn't see this. But every night I go to sleep. Every night I go to sleep. I make sure my heart has no ill feelings towards any Muslim. The other Sahabi, he says, that's it right there. That's the thing that gave you Jannah. And then he says one more thing, and that's the thing that majority of us in this room can't do. We can't go to sleep at night and forgive our cousin, our brother, our whoever-in-law for something that they did against us. And so in that interaction in the, in the grocery store, that was a moment where Shaitan was truly trying to throw off my, my connection with Allah. And I had to fight as hard as I could to repurpose, re, re, restructure that whole interaction to something beautiful. So tonight I'm going to actually continue that conversation. Um, and I want to talk tonight about how shaitan takes away our happiness and makes us resentful and ungrateful. That's tonight. So we're going to talk about two tricks of shaitan and one deeper scheme of shaitan. I'm going to start with the scheme. The objective of shaitan in the verse that we talked about before. Allah says that shaitan said to Allah that I'm going to come from in front of them, from behind them, from the right and the left. That means shaitan's like, I'm coming for his head. I'm coming for her head. I'm coming as hard as I can. And then shaitan says to Allah, and this is what I want to talk about. He said, and you will find that the majority of Bani Adam, the majority of the children of Adam will not be grateful to Allah. So if we want to summarize like the whole Know Thy, know thy Enemy series, one of the greatest tricks of shaitan, one of the greatest objectives of shaitan is that shaitan desires uh, to make us ungrateful and prove to Allah that we will be ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, and here's the deal. That ingratitude, that, that sense of not being grateful, being ungrateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is, that is shaitan's primary problem. This resentment that he has because he feels he wasn't treated fairly. He feels Allah was given a position that he was supposed to have. And so he wasn't treated fairly. And so, as I always say, misery loves company. He is dealing with resentment. And so, in each one of our lives, one of the biggest tricks that he tries every single day is to blind you from the blessings that you have. Remove gratitude from you. 
Because the moment he removes gratitude from you, you start to see everything that's wrong, every problem that exists, everything that's going wrong, and eventually you reach to the point where you have resentment and ingratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So um, these whispers that come from shaitan, his objective is to destroy the relationship. Because here's the deal. Um, the relationship, the relationship of love that we have with Allah it grows by us seeing the blessings that we have. Let's begin there. It grows by us seeing the blessings. And the way he tries to bring sadness to us. The whispers come from shaitan in order to bring sadness to the heart of the believer. So as I said, today is about his plan to remove sadness, uh, remove happiness from us, and his plan to make us ungrateful. One of the scholars, and we talked about this last week, but I want to preface with this. A man came and he complained to Abu Suleyman Darani. He's a scholar from the past. He complained about the, the waswas, the whispers that come from shaitan. And he says, he says, إِذَا حَسَسْتَ بِهِ farha. He's like, when you feel the whisper of shaitan, then get happy. Get happy. And we talked about this last week. The Prophet ﷺ, once someone came up to him, and he's like, I get these thoughts from shaitan. And the Prophet was like, I have a dua for you. The moment those thoughts come, say, Alhamdulillah, all praise to Allah who only gave shaitan the ability to whisper. So this scholar, he says, when shaitan begins to whisper to you, get happy first. Why? He says, because the moment you show joy, shaitan bounces. Why? Listen to this. There is nothing that shaitan hates more than you being happy. Than you being happy. He loves to remove that happiness from us. So let's, let's go deeper into this. Um, the topic of shukr, gratitude. Um, it's hard to be sad when you see all that you have. I'm going to repeat that. It's hard to be sad and upset. When you're aware and you're cognizant of everything that you have. The scholars, Imam Harwani, he says that shukr means, gratitude means, what does the word shukr mean? Shukr means recognizing the blessing because the blessing leads you to recognizing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so shaitan understands that if I can get you to not see your blessings, if I can get you to not be aware of the blessings that you have. If I can get you to that place, then I cut you off from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And immediately I create this sadness within you. I cut you off from your source of happiness. So that is the objective. That's what he's doing. Now, for us to realize how bad ingratitude is, another word for ingratitude in the Quran is kufr. We all know what a kafir is. But we seldom felt, we fail to realize that another word for kufr is just to be ungrateful. And the actual meaning of, of kufr is to take something up and to bury it. So the idea is that the kafir is actually the one who takes the blessing of Allah and hides it. They don't, let, they don't, they don't recognize it. They don't bring it out. They, they hide it. They hide it. And so what we're going to understand today is, okay, so how does shaitan... Get me out of the state of gratitude. Okay, here's the deal. And here's where we're going to go deep. So the mind does three things naturally that shaitan takes advantage of. Number one, um, it, it deletes things that it doesn't like. It deletes things, forgets about things that doesn't fit its narrative. I'm going to say that one more time because it's heavy. The first thing that the mind does, the subconscious does, is deletes things it doesn't like or that it doesn't, that doesn't fit its, its narrative. And that right there is something shaitan exploits to make us ungrateful. We straight up forget the blessings from what, upon one another. We straight up forget the blessings that we have shown one another. And once we forget the blessings, then now all we remember is the wrong that people do around us. Um, and, and so like... And we forget like where we came from too. We forget like you got this, this, these two people, they're married now, mashallah, and everything's going great. But my man doesn't hang up his clothes when he comes in the house, right? My man, like he forget, he just like takes his clothes, drops them right there. You know, my man, he trims up and is like, his stuff is on the sink thing, right? And wifey's hot. 
She's like, oh my God, you know, like this is horrible. Don't get me, don't even twist it. You need to clean up after yourself, right? But you're missing the point. She forgets about when she was, when she was, couldn't, couldn't help but wait and couldn't look, was, was, was so anxious to get married. She forgets when she was 25, 26, and however old, and she wanted nothing more to be married. She forgets, though, where she came from. She forgets what it was like before this blessing of a husband came, and he does the same exact thing. She, oh, she doesn't cook like my mom. You know, y'all know the joke, right? Where the man says, you don't, you don't, uh, you don't, you don't, make, you don't bake bread like my mom. And uh, wifey says, well, you don't make dough like your dad used to. <laughs> I mean, you don't make dough like your dad used to make dough. If you start making dough like him, I'll make bread like she did. So, so the first thing that we need to understand, and this is important. This is important. How is Shaitan going to stop us from seeing blessings? He's going to make us, number one, forget. We're going to block out the good that people have done to us. We're going to block out whatever good have come to people, uh, come from us, from people, to us, from people. So this happens at some of the closest relationships too. Like I know, uh, subhanAllah, I had, a, I had a colleague. And, uh, you know, he had a teacher. He had a teacher who was teaching him Quran. And he told me about this incident. It was crazy. He was like, all of a sudden, I started to get these negative thoughts about this teacher. And, and the teacher really didn't do anything. There was nothing to really spark it. And he went to one of our teachers, and he was very transparent with him. He said, I'm getting these negative thoughts about this teacher, and I don't know why. And all the teacher did is he started to mention the favors of this teacher upon him. And by the time he was done, that student was in tears and from that moment, he was like, I was cured. What I had to do was remember the blessings that came through that person. So, so the first thing we need to understand that the mind does and what shaitan really wants us to do is he makes us forget the good. Forget the good. So in order to be grateful, forget the good, number one, from people. And number two, we forget where we came from. We forget where we came from. And so... Listen, quite literally, the Quran is called the dhikr, the reminder. Because the objective of the Quran is to remind us of everything that we have. Everything that we've been getting. Uh, and that's the function because once you remember what you truly have, then at that point, you remember the blessings and the other things you stop focusing on and you realize the blessings that you have. Um, so as I was saying, the, the brain, it deletes certain things. Some things, it's good that it deletes. Something very traumatic happens to you, and, and, and the brain is just like, you know, we can't process this. We're going to forget about this. But it also, unfortunately, deletes the good that people do for us. It, it deletes the good that my mother did for me. It deletes the good that my father did for me. And so what we have to do is we have to constantly, constantly remind ourselves of the good that we got from people and remind of ourselves of where we came from before. So that's the first thing I want us to understand. How does shaitan take us out of a state of gratitude? He makes us forget. He makes us forget, number one. Number two, the mind has this ability to distort things. Like the information that it comes in, it doesn't come in as it is. It's distorted a bit. And we distort everything. We distort the good, we distort the bad, and we don't see things as they are. And the example that I gave in one of my classes recently is like at the carnival, you know, they got those mirrors that like distort your reflection. This is, this is what our mind does. Somebody comes up to me and like, it's like the husband that uh, buys his wife the treadmill. And, and, and my, man, my man bought the treadmill like, Yo, I'm trying to save on the LA Fitness like membership. You know what I mean? He bought the Tono. You know what I mean? He and she's like, "What you trying to say? What's what, what's this gift all about? Right? What's this gift all about?" So what, the reason I'm bringing up distortion is because when when Adam was given the position he was given, Satan could not see that as it was, and he could only see it as a distorted meaning that you're lower now. Allah never said to Iblis, you're lower. 
Allah gave a status to Adam. He said, bow down because of this creation that I created. Not because of it, because of what I created. But his distorted mind took that in and changed that to mean something that it didn't mean. And so what we need to understand is like, shaitan will take things that happen to us. Something someone said to us, something someone did to us, whatever it may be, and he'll distort that. And when he distorts that, that becomes your reality. Do you remember last week what I said about people? That shaitan tells you something about a person. Be careful that you believe that. Well, also he distorts what we're going through and it causes us not to see the blessings of Allah. Hold on. Let's just get straight to it. Hold on. The Prophet ﷺ. Check this. The Prophet ﷺ. He comes to the companions. We were just talking about this in the Sirah Intensive. The Prophet ﷺ, he comes to the companions one day. This is in the height of oppression. I mean, everything, you, no stone was left unturned to trouble the Prophet ﷺ. The Prophet ﷺ is in the height of difficulty. He walks up to the Sahaba. They're all together and he's smiling. Shaitan wants, he doesn't want the Prophet smiling. Shaitan wants nothing more than the Prophet to be depressed, to be sad. And that's why I'm talking about this with you because I feel a lot of us walk through our days down and shaitan is like, yes, I got a believer down. And what I'm talking about today is something that changes everything, changes everything. The prophet walks in and he's smiling and sahaba are like, what's going on, Ya Rasulullah? What makes you so happy? And the prophet says, look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has pushed away from me the curses of the Quraysh. The Quraysh are cursing him. They're saying everything that you could imagine about him and his family. They're doing everything against him. But look at how he chooses to see it. He goes, look at how the Quraysh are, um, look at how the Quraysh are, how Allah turned away the curses of the Quraysh from me. They're making fun of someone named Mudhammam, and my name is Muhammad. Like, you don't understand what that means. See, when people are cursing at us or hardship, we can choose to just not see the blessings. But he's taking something that feel, in, in reality is an actual curse. It's a hardship. But he's choosing not to let others control his happiness, not to let others control his faith. And he's using his faith to get him to where he needs to be. He says, look at how Allah has turned the curses of the Quraysh away from me. I ask you a question. Did the Prophet ﷺ not know who they were truly talking about? Did he know? Of course he knew. But did he choose to look at it in a different way? He chose to look at it in a different way so that he could remain grateful to Allah. He's literally walking in. And this is why they say, listen, gratitude. Uh, Imam Harawi, he says three levels of gratitude. Here we go. Three levels of gratitude. Number one is the level that you're grateful for the good things that come in life. What I'm explaining to you is the good things, sometimes you forget th that you have them. The good things, you're like, oh, I got to go get gas. I'm like, you got a car, yo. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? You, uh, some of us now are like, oh, I got to plug in my car too now, right? <laughs> Like, like, yo, we're forgetting what we have. We're forgetting what we, what we have. And right there, the moment you forget, the relationship of gratefulness is gone. There is no way to be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you forget what you have. So, and, and this is the thing. If you've advanced in life spiritually, intellectually, economically, However, if you've advanced, you always need people that saw you back in the day before you had the PhD. You always need people who saw you before you were Sheikh Michael. Because, because what does that do? The mo I have a few people, like, I call them up, and I actually want to complain. I'm like, man, oh, my God. And the moment they, I hear their voice, I'm like, oh, yo, I can't even complain to this dude. Because this dude remembers my, my bread and butter days. When I was literally like, yo, let's go to uh, Aldi's and pick up some bread and butter. I, I have a friend, when I was studying, he was like, yo, if you need anything, like, I'll take you to the store. Like, I didn't have money, I didn't have anything. 
So he's like, yo, do you need anything for this week, right? I'm like, yeah, I do need something. He's like, what do you need? And I'm like, oh, I need some bread and butter. And I was dead serious. And he just starts cracking up. Like, bro, do you realize what you just said? And, and I was like, yo, I just legit needed some bread and I needed some butter, right? Till today, every now and then, he'll text me. And he'll be like, bread and butter. <laughs> and I'll be sitting in the house and I'm looking around and he, that text message just comes. Bread and butter. I'm like, yo, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So the, the point, I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is the Prophet wasallam, the mind, this is what I'm trying to say, the mind distorts things. But sometimes shaitan uses that so that even the good things coming to us, we don't see them as good. So what we have to be cognizant of is when we see ourselves becoming negative, that's shaitan right there trying to stop us from seeing a blessing. The second type of shukr is shukr on difficulties. Shukr on hard stuff. Shukr gratitude for stuff that doesn't seem like a blessing. And this is where the Prophet ﷺ, he's able to shift the perspective. And this is what I, I want us to understand today, that here's what I want you to, I want you to walk away with this. What story are you telling yourself about the life you're living? What story are you telling yourself? Because that subconscious story is affecting every interaction you have. I'm going to say that again. What story are you telling yourself or allowing shaitan to tell you? My dad doesn't love me. My mother never cared for me. My husband isn't interested in me. I'm not going to succeed. I can name a, a, a number of stories that Shaitan is feeding to all of us right now. And that is in, impacting all of the blessings that are being showered upon us. The story that we're telling ourselves. So in this hadith, what do we find? We find the prophet choosing the, to direct the narrative. He's not letting the, 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 the curses of the Quraysh push him where they want him to be. He's taking this moment. He's using it as a moment for gratitude. And he's saying, look how Allah has turned and pushed away from me the curses of the Quraysh. They're, they're, they're cursing somebody named Mudhammam. My name is Muhammad. He's choosing to be grateful in a time where no one else in this room would be able to be grateful. Now, your life is objectively better and easier than so many people. Where are you choosing to be ungrateful at? I just, I don't, I don't, do you feel me? His situation was objectively harder than yours. And he chose positivity for positivity's sake. No, because positivity leads to happiness, which leads to the pleasure of God. If he walked around angry, then he can't be grateful. He can't be grateful. If you're walking around upset, you can't be grateful. So the moment you find that, that, that moment when you're feeling upset, you have to stop yourself. You have to talk to yourself. And here's, my, here's the solutions I'm actually going to give us. How are we going to preserve gratitude? How are we going to preserve gratitude? Number one, talk about your blessings. Hold up, though. We got to talk about this, though. All right. Some of y'all like, yep, Instagram, TikTok. Hashtag, talk about your blessings. <laughs> Hashtag, right? Talk about your blessings. Hold up, hold up. Full stop. Full stop here. Hold on. Talk about your blessings to people that you know love you. Talk about your blessings to people that you know love you. And talk about your blessings to people who you know. Now, this is the hard part you know it's not going to negatively impact them. How so? How so? How so? Huh? They, they, they will start to de uh, not realize their blessings once you start talking about yours. So there's some people you got to actually be careful. If you just be like, oh, do you know I just got three different proposals at one time? And you think she's just going to be like, amazing, I love you. <laughs> and she goes home crying 
Like Allah, I have nothing, right? I have nothing. So what I'm trying to say is you do have to be cognizant of the person you're sharing that blessing with. Social media is not the same thing. To me, it's nowhere near. I, 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 when I came up with these notes, I didn't even think about social media. When I said it right now, I was like, oh, my God. This is going to be posting everything great that we're doing. No, that's not what we're talking about. Listen, means, listen, here's what I mean by talk. Number one, have you ever talked to yourself about your blessings? Self-talk about your blessings. Self-talk about your blessings. This is something I've spoken about before. Khalid, man, sometimes we got to talk to ourselves, man. You got to be your own hype, man. You got to be like, yo, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, you're walking around, you're in the car driving, you're just like, Khalid, Mikael, look what you got, man. And, and when you start talking, you'll notice the smile come. Because you start remembering everything you have. You start remembering everything you have. So remember this. How are we going to defeat this, this satanic method of cutting off our happiness? We're going to talk about the blessings that we have. Yo, if, can, if you can't think of your blessings, I can name 50 of them right now for you. If you can't, like, you got to pause. If you can't think of your blessings right now, you got to really stop everything you're doing for a few days, a, a morning, and just look around and appreciate. You know how we had that saying back in the day, don't hate, appreciate? Like this, don't have hatred in your heart. Build appreciation for everything that you have. And so the moment something seems like you want to complain about it, at that moment, please remember this moment of the halakha. The moment you feel like complaining. And if somebody in this room is your friend, your sister, your brother, whatever, and y'all in the car together, and you get in the car, you driving, and all of a sudden, you be like, uh, excuse me. We got to stay blessed. We got to be grateful. Tell me something good that happened. Tell me something positive that happened. Tell me what you're grateful for. Tell me what you're grateful for. So I was just today uh, or yesterday, I just messaged someone. I was like, we blessed. End of text. That's it. An hour later, he, he hit me back. He was like, mad blessed. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Like, we blessed. I mean, I mean I'm complaining about my ch children being misbehaving. Somebody in this room is like, you complaining about children that misbehave? I want children. You got to do that to yourself, though. You don't get it. Because that is the reality. And, and, and even if you say it's delusion, there's times when there's a healthy delusion, too. I'm sorry. No, hear me out. The Prophet knew that they were actually talking about him, right? But he's choosing which way to look at it. Do you feel me? He's choosing which way to look at it. So, so similarly, man, stuff is falling apart. Choose the proper way to look at it. So number one, when we this had this Quran, talk about the blessings you have. Because when you talk about it, guess what? Your ears are the closest thing to your mouth. You're the first one to hear it. You're the first one to hear it. So make a daily routine like skincare. I'm going to talk about blessings. And that will set the tone for the day. Maybe that's what you just do on your drive to work or to school or wherever. You just talk about your blessings, your blessings, your blessings, your blessings. That's it. And people will feed off that positivity because no matter what happens, they just see you taking it in stride and you're always smiling. And they're like, yo, what's college routine, man? And he's like, I just count my blessings. That's it. So number one, I'm going to move on to the next one. Number one is talk about your blessings. You don't got to post it. You just got to talk about it. Either talk about it to yourself or have a close friend that you're not trying to impress because they see the hard days too. See, that's the thing. Why doesn't Instagram count? Because Instagram doesn't see your hard days too. But the friend that you talk to about the hard days and you call him up and be like, yo, that's different. Because that person sees both. Anyways, so talk about your blessings. That's the first way we're going to prevent shaitan from taking happiness away by stopping us from seeing the blessings. Number two, people around you that help you understand things in a positive way. Listen, 
as I said, Shaitan uses this stuff, our, 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 our sub-narrative that we're being told, Shaitan is active in, 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 in forming that narrative. Here's the deal. When you surround yourself with people who will help you shape things in a positive way, you're, it's like the self-talk, but it's coming from someone else. Uh, what, what I mean by this is, um, let me tell you what not to do. When you feel like complaining, don't call that brother that always loves to complain to. That's what you don't do. How about that? That's the best way. You learn things by the opposite. When you're having a bad day and things are negative, don't call the toxic friend. They will just make you see no blessings in life. And by the end of that conversation, it's like, I don't even know why we're alive. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how did we go from there to there? Like, it was a flat tire. <laughs> how? How did, where, what happened? You got to call that friend that is always on the up. The always, not that life is perfect, but they choose the, the correct narrative. So the moment you call him, he's like, yeah, I got a flat tire. I'm running late. My mom is tripping or my wife is tripping. They're like, yo, 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 hold up. Do you remember when you didn't have a wife? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, low key, my wife is in the room, too, and she be getting mad when I reveal stuff too much. She's like, we don't even know these people. But sometimes, like, sometimes if, like, like, she's angry with me, I'm angry, whatever, that happens, the prophet happened too, so y'all can't judge me, okay? <laughs> like, one of my friends, let me tell you what happened. We were engaged, and the date was, she's going to get angry. <laughs> we, we were engaged, we were engaged, and the date was set. And then her mother, call, uh, her, her mother delayed it three months. Now, brothers, you know what three months is. I was done. I called, I called crying. I'm speaking urgently, like, I'm me, Kabate. I'm on the phone crying. I'm on the phone like three months. And, and low-key, her mother was just laughing, like, <laughs> it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Yeah, three months. So every now and then, if I call my boy and I complain, I'm like, oh, you know, he's like three months. And I'm like, oh, wow. I just run and hug her, like, yo, I love you. I love you. I remember what it was like, like without you. I remember the 27, 26 with not being married. I'm like, I would do anything for a spouse, right? You go up to a, a single dude and you complain about small stuff. They like, <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? Oh, it's almost like a flex. Like, why are you like flexing in front of me? Yeah. What I'm trying, what I'm trying to say, and I share this laughingly but I, i'm serious you have to remember what you did not have before where you came from and you're going to choose that you got to make a choice that you're going to remember what it was like not to have that blessing and that's a choice only you can make you can only choose positivity i can't do it for you but my second advice is that you surround yourself with people who will help you choose positivity don't call your toxic friend when you're having issues with your husband things are gonna get way worse not even joking. <laughs> the little seven-year-old dude in front of me said, true. <laughs> my man's like, my man's like eight years old, dude. He's like, yeah, facts, facts. All right, bismillah. All right, listen, if the self-talk isn't helping you see your blessings, and you don't have a non-toxic friend that will stop you from being negative and force you to see the blessings you have, you got to go nuclear on this, yo. And you got to go and force yourself to be around people that have a lot less than you. That's it. That's it. That just the nuclear, like, I have no recourse. I am too down and I'm blessed, but I can't see my blessings. I heard the talk. I know I should, but I can't. I can't. So go nuclear. What do you do? You go and be around people that have a lot less than you, a lot less. And it only takes, that, that only takes a small dosage, by the way. That takes a little bit. You chill one evening, one afternoon with people like that, you, you walk back to that electric car, mad blessed. 
you walk back happy like, wow, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. We like to turn away from those scenes that we like to turn away from it. Do you know what I mean, turn away? You're scrolling and you see that, that like negative image of people. Some of us just like to scroll quickly like, nah, I can't, not right now. And I get it. We have a threshold for those things. But there's times when you need to force yourself to be in those situations. And that's the hadith of the Prophet, clearly. The Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, he's like, look, if you sit around people that have more than you, you will immediately start to forget your blessings. You will immediately. See, here's the, here's the, here's the paradigm. Here's the uh, paradox. If you, if you stay with people like that have achieved less, less do you still got the hustle game? Brothers, you hear me? Sisters, like when you stay around people that have more, you start hustling more. You start grinding. You know what I'm talking about? Hustle culture, right? You start, you start but it, the negative effect of it, the negative effect is that that hustle, that grind, you, you don't stop to look at what you have because you hustling, you grinding so hard. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? We have, we're in this like grind hustle culture, right? It's been big last like five years. Don't sleep at all. You know what I mean? We don't sleep. Sleep is for the week. Like, what? Like, chill. Like, so, no, no, no. When you start grinding hard, hustling hard, you don't pause to see what you have. You don't pause to see what you have. So, 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 so three things, three things. That I'm going to talk three things. Number one, what are we going to do? We're going to, I'm going to say Muhammad. We're going to talk to ourselves. We're going to talk to ourselves. My mother, uh, you know, Allah bless her, man. I used to always see her do this, like, she always had a good, positive talk to herself. And all the time, to me, it was weird when she would be like, Mary, you got this. That's her name, right? I'm like, hey, mom, yo, stop. People going to think we crazy. Like, what you doing? But I get it because now I'm like, Mikael, you got this, yo. You got this. Look what you have. Number two, people around us. And maybe how about this? My, uh, a friend of mine, my wife, my fr a friend of mine told me, She's like, you got to go deeper into this positive friends thing because a lot of us don't have friends like that. Here's, the, here's, what I, here's my recommendation. You, you, you don't need a lot of people that close to you, but you do need to, to reach out to someone to create that relationship with. You, you got to force that sometimes. Um, you, you need that person who will be that person of positivity. And you'd be like, yo, like, I barely know you. I know you. We cool. But like, yo, I need a good friend. I think that's weird for guys too. That's really weird. Y'all ain't going to walk up to some dude at Halakha and be like, can you be my friend? <laughs> you know, there's more subtle ways to do that though. You know, I can't pair you up, yo. I'm just, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, but you have no idea how, how instrumental that is in reform. And uh, we all need people, yo. We all need positive people. We all need uh, everyone. Everyone, I'm speaking from experience, we need po positive people. So, you know, get, get somebody's number, you know, hey, what's going on? Yo, what time, you're coming to Halakha next week? And right there, you form that bond. Yo, yo, let's meet up at Fajr, let's meet up at Isha, let's go to Roots. I don't know, like, you, 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 you form those relationships, but we have to, we need those good people around us, even if they are few. Number three way um, is going to be that we, uh, we go nuclear if we need to. And we can't be, become positive about the blessings. Everything's distorted. We forget all the blessings. Well, an instant reminder is going to be to force yourself to be amongst people that don't have it. Force yourself, force yourself, force yourself to be around those people. Get out of that upper echelon of people. Come down, chill with people that don't have it. And right away, one afternoon like that, you'll come away so positive, so on the up, and you'll be good, inshallah ta'ala. Um, so what are we doing right now? We're talking about reframing our subconscious to see the blessings as blessings so that shaitan doesn't push, push us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, these whispers from shaitan, they're telling us, I'm just recapping. These whispers from shaitan are telling us a story. They're telling us a story about our past life experiences. They're telling us a story about what we're experiencing right now. You write that script. You don't have the script written for you. That's my advice to you. And the example, if you need one, is the Prophet Sallallahu um, I'm going to share one more, yo. The Prophet, and then we'll move on to the next uh, ways Shaitan tries to stop us. I have, I have one more for us, or two more, but khair. So 
when the, one of the hardest moments in the prophet's life was when he was leaving a city called Ta'if. I'm not going to go in through the whole story because it'll just take a lot of time, but just really quick, I want you to understand. Um, it's, it's like the, it's like the uh, 10th year. The prophet's wife, Khadijah, has passed away. This was his rock. This was his everything. This was everything. She was, she, he needed her. And there's nothing wrong with saying that he needed her because he did need her. His emotional, financial support. And that's a message I gave a few Jumas back that is, uh, men sometimes think that the ideal man is I don't need anyone. Huh? The prophet needed Khadijah when revelation came and he died with his head on, 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 on Aisha's chest. He left the world. He, he began revelation pretty much in the lap of a woman and he left the world in the lap of a woman. We need connection. You're not strong if you don't need connection. Nah, the prophet needed connection, right? And help and support. Cool. So Ta'if, man, was a hard moment because he, lo he lost Khadijah. And then he lost Abu Talib. Well, first Abu Talib, then Khadijah. And now he had no one that was there to just comfort him and be there for him. And on top of that, people of Mecca had become so staunch against him. So he dipped, he went to Ta'if to perhaps get some help. We know how that ended. No one responded positively. And not only was he told to leave, he was stoned out of the city. Him and his young son, Zayd bin Muhammad. Yeah, later he's called Zayd bin Haritha. But at that time, he was known as Muhammad's son. They were stoned out of the city. The Prophet ﷺ collapses in a garden. And he makes a dua. Now look, this, what I want you to realize is framing your experiences is an Islamic thing in how you fight shaitan. That is the objective of me sharing this story for you. How you frame it. The Prophet ﷺ is laying there, covered in blood. His, his son has a gash on his head from the rock's throne. That means he had to see someone else who he loved suffer for what his message was. That's painful. At that moment, he makes a dua. Allahumma, Allahumma inni ashku lu'fa quwwati. Oh Allah, I complain. Thing is bad. Life is bad. Everything's messed up. No, I complain I wasn't enough for you. Yo, yo, you don't get it. You only say I'm not enough when the person has blessed you with more than you did for them. He's covered in blood for the sake of Allah, but he doesn't feel like he did enough. That is the meaning of gratitude. That is the mean. Look, our problem is we do one little thing for a person, our mother, and we think we paid her back for everything. Somebody, man, somebody, a scholar, somebody came to a scholar and said, if I take my mother for hajj on my back, did I pay her back? The scholar said, you didn't pay for one contraction. Y'all ain't been through it, so you don't know. What the? You didn't pay for one contraction, you carry her for hajj. What I'm trying to show you is the, 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 uh, the uh, gratitude mindset is one that it always sees the blessings as more than it paid back. So he says he's covered in blood and his complaint is I didn't do enough. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I didn't do enough. And then what does he say? I complain about how, how lowly I am in the sight of people. I complain about my lack of planning, oh Allah. If there was a moment for the prophet to be justifiably like, wasn't this it? If there was a moment in his life where that was okay, wasn't this it? But in this moment, we are given this amazing lesson through Muhammad Wasallam, And that lesson for me and you is this. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care how, how horrible and bleak it looks. There's not light in the tunnel. You're in the light. There's not light at the end. You're in the light. Change how you look at it. Realize what you have. Realize the blessings you're being showered in that moment. So he says, oh Allah, I'm sorry I didn't do enough. I wish I could have did more, oh Allah. The, that moment was so special to Allah that the angel Gabriel came with a special angel who never came down before, the angel of the mountains. Excuse me, sir, I'm the angel of the mountains. Uh, your dua shook the heavens. Your dua shook the heavens because no one's did that before, like you. 
No one's realized that the light's not at the end of the tunnel. The light is in the tunnel. No one's done that before. So you know what? I'm here at your command. Would you like these people destroyed? And the prophet's like, nah, that's not what I'm here for. I want these people to become Muslim. If they don't, their children will. Positivity. How you shape it, how you look at it. May Allah give us that. May Allah protect us from the negativity shaitan uh, puts us through, forcing us to see everything in a negative light. So much so that the greatest blessings fall in our lap and all we can see is how hard it hit our lap. That's all we can see. That's all we can see. So tonight's trick... Uh, that I'm trying to warn us from and how we will defeat shaitan is we will become people that choose the narrative we tell ourselves, number one. We will force ourselves to, to, to have a narrative that sees positivity and Allah's blessings all the time. And that right there is what will make shaitan so upset. So upset. So upset. And that is what will bring joy to your heart. The moment you stop and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Say it to yourself under your breath right now. Think of something and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I guarantee now, if I ask you, everyone tell a problem you have. Man, we'd be here till fudger. If I ask everyone right now, yo, spit your problems. Right? But what will that do to us? Shaitan will be like, keep going. Keep going. See, Allah told you they won't be grateful. So what I'm asking us to do right now is close your eyes and see your blessings. Close your eyes. Imagine your blessings. Realize what they are. And you'll see right away, you'll see a lightness come to your heart. You'll see a, a smile kind of peeking from underneath. Maybe a tear, but it's a happy tear. Maybe there's a tear, but that's a tear of joy, a tear of relief because you let go of that negativity that shaitan's been throwing on you. That's what that tear is you're feeling right now. You're letting go of the negativity that he's been sprinkling. That's why you're crying right now. So let go of the negativity, see the blessings, and as you see the blessings, you'll see the, feel the smile come. And collectively in this room, every devil that was trying to throw us off We'll be, we'll be torn up and angry that look at these happy Muslims. That's the last thing I want. I got one more for y'all. Bismillah. See, hate them. You normally keep me on track. Like, shake too long. We got to stop. Um, so I have one more Bob of Shaitan, and this is a short one. Yo, I think we need to let this one sit, yo. I think we need, all of us need to really let this one sit. If I share one more, um, then I won't have content for next week. No, I'm just joking. That's a joke, that's a joke. No, if I share one more, it'll kind of mess up our focus on rescripting our narrative. Um, and I really want this to be the message for tonight. I called the sheikh, my sheikh, uh, he doesn't know he's my shape, but he is. Um, and uh, I told him what I was talking about. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to talk about this, this. He was like, I think you need to do the whole night on Shukr, yo. And then he sent me a picture of where he was sitting. Do you know where he was sitting? In Masjid Nabawi. He's like, yo, I'm making dua for you. I was like, oh, we got to talk about the Prophet right now. Allahu Akbar. Um, that's it for today. Um, um, I'm happy that we're able to upset shaitan with this discussion. Um, I'm happy that we're able to see light in the difficulties that we're in. I'm happy that we've learned to talk positivity to ourselves, to restructure the narrative that shaitan is telling us. I'm happy that we're going to be positivity for other people. And even if we're having a bad day, we're not going to be the toxic person that when our friend calls, we go, you're right, life sucks. No, we're gonna be like, uh-uh, you're blessed. You're blessed. And I'm happy that we learned if all else fails and I am still 
seeing no blessings, not realizing them, then I will force myself amongst the people that have way less than me and that will create gratitude in my heart. And when I create gratitude, I have defeated shaitan. May Allah allow us to do this, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiru wa atubu ilayk. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaneen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We'll call the adhan and have prayer right away, inshallah ta'ala. Allah That's what shaitan doesn't want. He's going that way. He's he's leaving us. He's gonna go around that way. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know.